Tommy. And I'm Shannon, and this is a workplace side hug. In these episodes, we talk about questions we're grappling with, advice we wish we had, or workplace hacks, all related to the workplace experience. Side hugs are meant to be short, sweet, and to the point to get you what you need, hopefully right when you need it. This week, we're talking about sommeliers and and wine. I'm, I'm not quite sure how this relates to the workplace experience, but I'm excited to find out, Rami. It's because wine makes everything better, oh, Shannon. Obviously. So this is our workplace hack? Obviously. Just like drink wine. <laughs> yeah, just drink <laughs> perpetually. Uh, no. So I worked at a wine company and I met our sommelier and he was drinking this wine and he was like, it tastes like this and it tastes like that and it's got graveliness and it's got that. And I was like, dude, how do you know what gravel tastes like? <laughs> like, have you tasted gravel? And he's like, well, yeah, of course I have. And I was like, what? And so I was trying to understand from him, like, how does he, one, how does he have an encyclopedia of all these scents and tastes? And so I asked him and he was like, well, basically, anytime I see a new fruit or like a new anything, like I'm going to smell and if possible, I'm going to taste it. Whoa. Uh, if If not lethal and so that was the first piece which i think is really interesting is just like how do you take in every single thing to like build the encyclopedia because he was literally saying like oh it's got this type of like this type of like earthiness to it like very specific type of dirt i was like i don't know what that means but it's like yeah i mean if you're if your encyclopedia is dense enough then like yeah you you can describe and and for a sommelier, like you want to be able to describe as specifically as possible, even if the the end user isn't as well versed as you, they at least can look for that hint of that scent or that taste in the the body of the the wine or in the the bouquet, as it were. The other piece, though, because I asked him, I was like, if you're taking in all these scents, like how do you make sure that what you think you're your recalling is correct. And he was telling about these kits that they sell. So it's like a, a oh smell gosh. kit. And it's like for sommeliers and for other people who want to make sure they can recalibrate their 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 encyclopedia of scents. And so it's got like 40 or 50 cents in it. And he gets them like every month. Every month? And it's just all... I think he oh said every gosh. month because I think... I think it might be like a kit that like you get, like you're on a subscription. It's like, we're going to send you 50 cents. And they may be cents that most of them are usually cents that he's already had. And he wants to smell, to realign what that smell is with what his thought of that smell is. Because um, he was saying that like a lot of times he'll be thinking it's one specific stone fruit, but then it's actually a different stone fruit. And so he needs to make sure that he can keep all of those very nuanced, very minor differences uh, separate in his own brain, in his own encyclopedia, so that when he's describing the wine, that he can be specific and be correct. And so he gets these kits, he recalibrates, he realigns, re-remembers what those are, and that helps him describe accurately what he's doing. And it's kind of like a back-to-basics mm-hmm. approach. Now, Shannon, go ahead well, and ask the question. I was just going to say, okay, but like, how does this relate to the average human workplace experience, you know, of like a, 
I mean, obviously, this is a great episode if you're a sommelier and you didn't know these kids exist. But, like, if you're an average human working at kind of like a typical corporate nonprofit desk job, how do you apply this concept? Yeah, so good question. There's a book called Herding Tigers. And in that book, it's about managing creatives as a creative. So you you were a creative person, you are now a leader of creatives. And one of the things they talk about is this idea of doing those tasks that you no longer do. So I think of my wife, once she got into her manager or director level role, she was no longer doing the like design work that she had done. She was helping guide the design work. She was giving feedback on the design work, but she wasn't getting into Photoshop and Illustrator the way that she had. And so she would every once in a while say, okay, we have to design 40 things. Like I'm going to take on a few of them so that I can do that work that I used to do with the idea and the intention being that you get to one, remember why you got into that job Mm -hmm. in the first place, right? Because managing people is usually not the reason that a designer gets, wants to be, sorry, managing people is not usually the reason people continue to take advancements in their careers. It's that they're really passionate about whatever they were doing and they want to be able to have a bigger impact on a, on a larger scale and help more people Uh deliver on those things. And so being able to get down into those types of things lets you one, I think understand the work that your team is doing and understand that it sucks sometimes. Calibrating just empathy so that, almost with your team. Yes. Empathy, I think, for your team, right? And then I think the second piece is you get to see and remember why you're doing that job at all, right? Like, why did I get into design in the first place? Because I actually love the experience of, like, getting into to Photoshop and, like, designing uh-huh, whatever uh-huh. it is. Okay, I'm tracking now. So this is all about, like, how do you recalibrate empathy in the workplace and specifically, like, if you're a leader of a team, consider taking on some of the the work, not like a lot or becoming a micromanager or something like that, or no, stealing no, no. No, the no, best no. projects from your employees, but take on some of it to almost, um, what's the word that you used with the sommelier, but like almost, yeah, like recalibrate your palate in a sense for what the work is. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what do you do if you're not a leader of a team? How do you take this concept and put it into practice then? Good question. So I think if you're not a leader of a team, but you kind of look, if you're at the beginning of your career, you're going to be doing a lot of these things that you will in the future look back on fondly. I think if your question is, okay, you've advanced in your career, but you're still not managing people? Um, yeah, or like, I guess I'm thinking about like the new analysts that we managed at Target, where they might not have an invitation to like recalibrate, like they're doing the work, right? Um, uh-huh. So I guess maybe what was coming to mind for me for those folks is like, how do they recalibrate with the customer that they're serving? You know, how do they... Um, put themselves in the customer's shoes. Like a manager might put themselves in their employee's shoes, so to speak, because those Mm -hmm. are the people that they're primarily serving every day. If you're on the front lines, like writing the orders or, you know, doing whatever you're doing, serving the actual like end user, guest, customer, whatever you want to call them. um, How do you maybe leverage this concept to put yourself back in the customer's shoes 
to build some empathy there. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because you're at the beginning of your career. I think it's like, how do you focus on the end user? And when you and I both worked at um, a retailer, I think for us, it was always like going into the store and then seeing someone not be able to buy your thing because yes. it was out of stock. Whether or not you cause it to be out of stock, whether it was like a supply chain issue, whatever it was, like seeing that I think helps you recalibrate and say, oh, it's not, this isn't because I have to go and deliver my in stocks to Shannon on Monday. Like this is because when I saw that person at the shelf trying to buy whatever it was and they couldn't get it, that they were disappointed and that probably had an impact on them and their experience and their relationship with our company as a whole. And so I think that's the approach um, as an individual who doesn't have a team. As a person who has a team, if you're already in the low-level weeds and dirt, I guess there isn't really any advice for you except for maybe try and pull yourself yeah. out of it. Find a way to like let your team own their business and, and do their things. I think if you're at the point where the team is doing everything and you're starting to feel a little disconnected, that's where I'd say like you need to take on some portion of the work and and don't take the shiniest and don't take the the most glamorous or the fun one the glamorous no i think take on like a small one that just like is a is a burden to others but because it's the only one that you'll end up doing like maybe it energizes you i managed a team of analysts and we had i don't know 20 30 accounts so i took one of the smaller ones on that was a little bit more high maintenance uh, from the team. And I think for me, it, it opened my eyes a lot because it was like, oh, these are the the routine things that my team is doing every single week that are really, frankly, annoying. And I don't think I was empathizing enough with them, especially knowing that they were doing that same thing times five, 10 accounts. And so when I got the one account, it was like, oh, okay, they're doing all this stuff. Like it's uh, so like, I'm going to be a little less annoying yeah. to them about these specific things so that in those moments that I'm realizing what they're going through. But two, like for me, it was, it was energizing because I got to work on those things that I hadn't gotten to work on in a long time. Like the, the really low level analysis and those things, but not to the point where I was burning myself out on it. Right. Right. I had one account. And so it was just to show the team, like I can work at your level. I'm going to take on a piece of this for the team. And now I can also see what you guys are doing and empathize with you guys and help find a way for us to make this easier yeah, for us. Yeah. So whether, yeah, maybe to like pull this back up to 30,000 feet, thinking about like who is your quote end user that you're serving. If you're a leader of a team, you're most, or maybe most like direct person that you're responsible for serving right now. If you're a leader of a team, mm-hmm. that's probably going to be your employees. So how can you walk a mile in their shoes in that sense? Scent <laughs> in that sense, scent. <laughs> so that you can recalibrate your scent as the sommelier did on what is gravelly and what is, I don't know, peachy, stone fruity, <laughs> peachy, stone fruity. Um, and if you if you're more close to the actual like consumer, customer, and so forth, how do you walk them out in their shoes? And on that one. What comes to mind for me as, you know, I'm a coach. I own, I own my own business. Like, I don't really, <laughs> I mean, I interact with humans every day. But for me, where I can see this parallel process is I will purposefully not work with the same coach 
like over and over again. I just hired a new coach recently, almost partially so that I can build empathy again for my new mm-hmm. clients who are coming on who are like, I don't, I like, you want me to tell you all this stuff? And like, I don't even know you from Adam yet. <laughs> yep. And like, you're asking me to be vulnerable yep. and you're like to be in the hot seat in that sense and like flip the tables mm-hmm. is a really powerful experience for me to then recalibrate my empathy for new clients all the time. Cause it's like, you're sitting in the chair that you are responsible for then serving. So anything. So I, uh, let me recaption and I got this. So I think the big thing here is when you're thinking about when, when you get into your, when you get into cruise control, I think there's a lot of things that change in your career. And I think whether you are the low level person, it's how do you refocus and, and step out of your shoes for a second and see the broader impacts of what the work that you're doing for and who the end user is. I think as you become a leader and you start to get in that autopilot mode, it's how do you put yourself in your employee's shoes and, and maybe take on a piece of the work that they're doing to remind yourself what it is that they go through? Because to Shannon's point about coaching, right? She gets into the coach mode and she goes, okay, I'm coaching all these people and I'm onboarding people. I just get into this mood. And if you get into that autopilot, which isn't a bad thing, it means that you're you're succeeding and, and everything is going smoothly for you. You kind of may not have the same level of empathy for the people that you're working with when you aren't forced into their shoes. And so for Shannon, it's, it's be coached, have the awkward conversations, have that start to remind her to say, oh, okay, like this is what, this is what my new, my new people that I'm coaching are going through. And how do I approach yep. this differently for them? Well said. So with that, we'd love to hear what ideas this sparks in you where you might practice doing some recalibration or reinvigoration of yourself as the sommeliers do apparently once a month with their subscription <laughs> scent kits. Subscription Connect with us kits. on Instagram at Workplace Hugs and let us know how you're taking this one back to your workplace. With that, I've been Shannon. I've been Rame and this has been Workplace Hugs. <laughs>